Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome. This is the Podcaster Community Show, short conversations that are not just about podcasting because I like to take the scenic route. My guest today is Gigi from Musicians Can Thrive. Welcome, Gigi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, trying to decide what level of energy to bring to today's. On one hand, I'm like, Whew, it's been a long weekend. On the other hand, I'm like, oh, I love talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that be. you said you like taking the scenic route because I feel like <laughs> that's usually the better path traveled. <laughs> Actually, it's a warning. <laughs> the drag is a squirrel. I get distracted easily. The other, uh, uh, as with any conversation that you have, whether or not one is recording podcasts. There's so many directions to go in, right? So I often find that there's great weight to picking the first thread. And I really think the the idea of opportunities um, is where I want to start today. And I heard uh, in your most recent episode, um, and I always do this, how many episodes are you on? What number are you on? Roughly, if you don't know exactly. Oh, you're asking me. 40-something. Mm -hmm. I'm four seasons in. I have recently started publishing sort of YouTube exclusive shorter versions of episodes from this live concert that I helped a friend with during South mm. by Southwest. So that might increase the number, but in terms of episodes published on the podcast feed, definitely at minimum 40, but probably more. That's awesome. I just like Thank to you. say that as often as I can, because as we podcasters know, it's a long, lonely slog sometimes opportunity. So in your most recent episode, and I mentioned this before we started recording, in your most recent episode, there's a, a segment, I guess is the right term. There's a segment that you recorded that's on the end of the show mm -hmm. where you recorded um, in, in a terrible environment. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, but the content was important. So we're not deleting this. But in there, when you got to the part where you were talking about an opportunity that you were traveling back to your home, you, you, you like lit up like the quality, not the quality, but I mean like the, the overall quality went from like, yeah, I'm talking to like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I get to go back and work on this thing. <laughs> and I, I, I think that that ties in with some of the points you were making and other things that I've read and listened to about how to recover from burnout, you, you, it's not sufficient to just be like, all right, I'm unplugging. Like I'm, I'm backing away from the thing that burnt me out. You, mm -hmm. you also need to find opportunities that, that I don't want to put words in your mouth that maybe like continue to light you up or that re-energize you so that the recovery from burnout is like two parts, maybe more, but at least one part is back away. And the other part is to also find things that still are opportunities. And I'm, I'm, what I'm wondering is, is there a feature about the opportunities that you think make it work as something that would help you recover from burnout? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so pleased that that episode resonated with you because I am definitely a perfectionist, which <laughs> translates to part of why I got so burned out. Um, and so that segment you're referring to, I literally recorded it in the Denver airport. It has the worst audio quality oh, yeah, I've ever published bad. anywhere. And I sat on it for about <laughs> two, maybe three weeks debating, okay, I'm talking about something important here. And I don't think I can have that same recording happen twice. Yep. So am I okay with releasing this subpar audio quality? Mm. And I talked to a few friends and they were like, you know, if people don't like it, they'll tell you. But if they like it, it doesn't really matter how perfect your audio quality is. So right. I decided to say, screw it and hit publish and ship the work. And 
honestly, that episode I've gotten more positive feedback from than any I've released in the past 12 months. Mm. So that was a good learning experience for my perfectionist brain. But <laughs> particularly with opportunities and burnout, I feel like podcasting particularly presents this wonderful space where people can have conversations and they can have conversations at a length that brings out space for nuance. Because in this world that we live in, particularly for younger generations, there's so much, for context, I'm 25 years old. There is so much pressure to be constantly on and available and publishing. And particularly if you are an artist or a creator, the sort of perspective is, well, you have these free platforms that you can publish on and that you can build audiences on. So you should be consistent Mm. (laughs) and publishing and creating. And what we neglect to prioritize in the midst of that is when you are creating something from nothing, there is a certain amount of spaciousness in your mind, in your emotions, in your physical, mental space. You need to have that kind of openness, that emptiness in order for ideation to occur. And if you're constantly interrupted with all this anxiety and stress and pressure of publish daily, three times a day, weekly, whatever the the best practice is, it's ridiculous. Um, So that's just a long way of saying that I got really burned out from podcasting because you build momentum towards something and eventually it starts to self-sustain that momentum where it's the next interview, the next episode, Mm. the next whatever that you have to publish and you're basically on this hamster wheel of, oh my God, I have to do this. I'm accountable to people or even just yourself. Like I'm the worst at setting deadlines. (laughs) So I said the, too many. <laughs> the question I have is about momentum. Like, um, first of all, yes, I agree. Amen. Once more, louder for those in the back. I totally agree with everything you're saying. I'm, I'm wondering about the, I'm going to call it the delusion of momentum because I'm thinking you're going to agree with my train of thought when I unpack it. I think that the delusion of momentum is like the reef that I basically smashed the ship on of my own podcasting journey. And I, I thought that I don't want to like be too specific about it. it has to be every week or every two weeks or once a month. But I, I, when I first started podcasting, it was just like, yeah, whenever we push the publish button, whenever they were ready to go. And then I wanted to do more conversations. And I thought that it was important that I build this momentum of publishing the work. So I, I got, and I had like a particular team member whose job it was when they came out. You're like, your job literally is to get us on a schedule. I don't care what it is. Just, you know, like get us on a schedule and it changed how we worked and how we did things. And now when I look back, I think, wait, the actual thing that drew me in, and I I said it intentionally, is I wanted to have more conversations. I didn't actually want to publish more podcasts or Mm. have them appear on particular days of the week. Nobody cares that like episode seven came out on a Wednesday. They really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Only the algorithm cares. It's the only thing keeping track of it. Yes. So I think that um, figuring out Maybe, maybe the, the question I have is for the people listening, you know, I'm listening, people listening who are susceptible to burnout, how do we use momentum like a, a, a double-ended, double-edged sword? I want to use momentum 
for the good that it gives me as a podcaster so I can do the work so that I can keep doing the work. But how do I not let the urge to be like a slave to the momentum or the urge Mm -hmm. to like focus on the momentum be a negative? Like, is there a way that we can tease that apart? I think it comes with a lot of self-reflection. And so, you know, I mentioned earlier that part of what I love most about podcasts is we have opportunities to have conversations with more context, more nuance, because they are longer form. They kind of forcibly pull us out of that fast paced sort of social media mania, where it's like, we're going to publish every day or every four hours, you know, whatever the pacing is for some (laughs) best practice out there. If you step away from that, it slows down the pace of the conversation. It increases the capacity for reflection and even just internalization of, oh, someone said this thing or they shared this perspective with me and here's how it's helpful. And so when I, I'm four seasons into my podcast, between season three and season four, I took a break of about 12 months. And I spent a lot of that time beating myself up for that break because I had this idea in my head of if I don't feed the momentum, it's going to stall out. (laughs) And what was interesting is actually I didn't lose any audience. I was just saying, didn't anybody even notice that you stopped? It it persisted. (laughs) And what was also interesting is I had time to go back into the existing catalog that I had and with new people who'd never heard those existing episodes before, share it with them for the first time. Hmm. So, that's that's one side of it. But then another piece is I've found that, you know, I have a pretty workaholic nature. So I've consistently been trying to teach myself how to rest <laughs> and how to what? not work <laughs> and how to not get burned out. And for so long, this just initial round of information that I could find about, you know, how to recover, how to take care of yourself, whatever. You know, I was always focused on rest. It was always focused on, you know, catch up on your sleep. And, you know, don't don't do anything. But the thing that I had to, especially as an introvert, that I had to realize was actually there's a point where I'm having too much time by myself. And I'm just me, myself, and I in my house wrestling with my demons saying, you should be working right now. Mm -hmm. You should be creating right now what the hell are you doing? Why are you sitting on the couch? And the fact is I needed that time to do nothing to sort of have that spaciousness to ideate again Hmm. and to start writing the songs that I'd been pushing to the side or to even sit back and reflect on all the like podcast interview conversations I'd had and go, you know, actually that person two seasons ago had a really good point and I don't think I sat with it enough. So there's that rest component, but also there's the pushing yourself to start doing something again without doing the same thing that burned you out in the first place. So for a concrete example, instead of doing podcasting, I just started going to shows more and starting to get to know the people I'd interviewed face-to-face. And that was one baby step. And it was critical. You make a number of good points. I think that I'm going to say wrestling with my misconceptions about momentum or wrestling with my idea of 
what people wanted. And like for me, the the idea that people want something in particular from me for any of my shows, I think that's a mistake. I don't think people want mm-hmm. anything in particular from me. They don't even remember like Craig who, like not even on their radar. Every once in a while, maybe an episode pops up in their podcast player and they go, oh, right. I haven't heard one of those in ages. And they press play or they stick it in the list of things to play later. And I, th- I think releasing my expectations or my imaginings, my imaginings of what other people would be thinking about me. I think that made me go, well, if I actually think that people don't notice when I actually publish, then it doesn't matter when I publish. So I can let go of the urge to have this momentum or this constant pacing. Um, and I think when people first, I've, I've seen a lot of people start podcasting. I call it the sofa to 5k podcast group, you know, like what's podcasting to like shipping their episodes and in the very beginning, yes, it might be wise to say one needs a cadence so that you <laughs> actually do all the steps and get over the fear. Um, but I don't think that's necessary once you've once you've gotten enough episodes or and a lot of people, you know, their first episode is enough. They don't need to really be told you must do the work. They're they're it's like, yes, I'm doing the work. That's not the problem. The problem I have is how do I not focus on the wrong things, I guess? How do I not focus on the work for the sake of moving the odometer or advancing the the episode count or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that has actually evolved out of the changes in podcast platforms and how people use them. Because if we, so I first got into podcasting probably, let's say 2014, but really seriously 2015. And it was back in the days of, you know, Apple reviews or iTunes reviews being the absolute (laughs) definition of whether or not a podcast was good. And then also people were really focused on getting the highest number of possible episode downloads, not plays, Mm -hmm. downloads to someone's device because Mm -hmm. that could get them ranked on the Apple chart. And it actually has nothing to do with how much your content resonates with your audience. Absolutely nothing. And with the popularity of Spotify as a podcast platform, because it's not specific to Apple devices, well, then that metric becomes pretty much obsolete because I'm not downloading anything on Spotify unless I'm going on a road trip and I know that I'm going to be out of service range. Mm -hmm. So that was the first sort of hurdle that I had to reckon with and realize, oh, actually the number of episodes published doesn't carry as much weight if I'm not focused on that downloads metric. And two, the timing of when I'm publishing, literally no one is paying attention. Maybe if you get to the point where you have an audience that has been following you for, let's say, 10 years, and you've trained them to expect that every Wednesday you're going to release a new episode, there'll be some percentage of them who are going to check on a Wednesday morning and be like, okay, I'm ready to start my day with Craig. But that's the tall, like you know, the tall head versus the long tail. That's the tall head example of the, of the shows that are huge. Those are the ones exactly. that create the rules that we're talking about, which is like, it doesn't matter. That you- so the thing that I spent 12 months wrestling with between when I ended season three and when I resumed season four, roughly in April of this year was it's up to you. It's up to the creator and their life and the seasons within that life and the seasons within the years that make up that life that determine the pacing of your content creation and publishing. Because you're going to know what's best. You're going to know what's sustainable for you and your life. And at some point, 
we're not any good to our audience if we're burned out and cranky and exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's, uh, I feel like also part of what, um, I'm going to say part of what suckered me into feeling like the publishing itself was the important part. And I'm talking specifically about podcasting, but I've also got the same mm-hmm. problem in blogging too. Um, but I think what drew it's a me consistent in was, problem. <laughs> what, what, what drew me in was this um, idea that like, almost that there's a scarcity, right? Like, but there's no scarcity of bits. <laughs> we can publish all the things and we're not going to run out of space or time on the, you know, in the storage mediums and everything. And I, I think when I started really, I was going to say when I started to think, but it's really when I actually began to believe that nobody's going to listen to anything I do, except there's like a handful of people who are going to hear this one episode that I do with whomever. And for those people, it if I do it right, it'll be transformational. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take, I did one episode and five people went, that's the best thing I've heard in a week. Like, awesome. That to me is What's wrong with that? It didn't cost me, basically cost nothing for me to put the episode out. It cost nothing for them to download it. It's all this, you know, all the overheads, the costs are all gone. So that's great. And I think that's also what helped me get over, um, you know, being like tied to the dog cart of publication schedule. And and I'm, mm-hmm. I'd be tied to the cart in multiple dimensions on multiple shows if I... <laughs> just part of the reason why yeah. I feel like, like get, let go of me. Like, I'm well, that was something that I wrestled with for, I started my podcast in 2018. So literally four years, I was wrestling with that because, you know, we both sort of, correct me if I'm wrong, but we both got started with the podcasting on our own through an Akimbo workshop. Yeah, I started, well, I started on my own, like just, how do you do this? <laughs> okay, cool. So you started on your own, but we both have had that sort of education and modeling yeah. Shown to us. And people who believe in Seth Godin and his teachings are often already aware that he has this practice of publishing a blog every single day yep. for over 10 years at this point, probably over 20 years, if I'm really being accurate with my math. Yeah, I don't um, know the exact date, but it's it's more <laughs> than a decade. <laughs> yeah. And so the wonderful thing about that is it does help you get into a practice of something where you're doing it consistently and you learn from those things. But the thing that I had to reckon with as I was trying to figure out what does it mean to be making something that feels good to me and that I can actually sustain in the midst of day jobs, family, friends, life. Rainy Saturday afternoons when I don't want to do the work. Right. Exactly. And so sometimes you do need to push through that resistance, but other times that resistance is telling you something important. And so I found that I could focus less on, okay, I'm going to publish it every other week or whatever. Instead, it was, I'm going to publish two episodes this month during this season while my podcast is actively publishing. And then the season is going to end and I'm going to have a period of rest and hibernation or reflection or creation for other things. And then I'll resume again in a more enlivened state. And I've found that whether it's podcasting or blog articles, creating music and publishing it, whatever your sort of creative medium is, this is kind of a contrarian perspective to mainstream understandings of what it means to create and do it consistently. But I think it's actually 
a gift to your audience to be really intentional about what you're creating and how frequently you're pushing it out. We have so much information and content available to us at this point in time. It is absolutely overwhelming. Right. So if your audience doesn't actually need something every week, or you think they do, maybe sit with that and check. Do they? Really? Maybe it's once a month. Maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe it's actually every two months. It depends on your content, your audience, and your life. But I feel like it's also a kindness to the people consuming your content to not overwhelm them with something that might not actually be what they're resonating with because you're feeding your own anxiety about, I need to stay consistent. (laughs) I'm on the treadmill here. Get away from me. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, Ties all the way back into being um, self-aware enough to have enough self-kindness and enough self-care to like make sure that you can do the work and brings us back to that idea. So yeah, um, I'm just watching our time slip away. Um, I think that's a good place to stop, Gigi. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, uh, that was a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. Um, took a while till I got around to getting to you um, after a mutual friend of ours said, you should talk to Gigi. So Thank thanks for, for taking the time. Thank you for chasing me down. <laughs> I'm notorious for that, but you're very welcome. Yeah, I I genuinely appreciate it. As someone who also knows what it's like to schedule interviews with people, I know Mm. that sometimes it's easy to forget about. And I was happy to talk to you when you approached me. You just caught me in a moment of very severe burnout. So thank you for (laughs) persisting. To your credit, you were like, no. I really like people (laughs) saying no, because it's like, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Just tell me to go away. And you were like, how about if you come back? And I was like, all right. So we just take a pause. I I don't mind. I always say to people, I don't mind waiting for schedules to align uh, because I find that things often come out really good when everybody is in the right um, space, the right headspace. But Absolutely. Cool. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you.